It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, March 7th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Viva Los Warriors. Six-game win streak. And, you know, things need to be cleaned up. There's, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad that came out of this game against the Nets. And uh, I got a laundry list of things I want to talk about. Uh, in the second segment, we're going to do our statistical deep dive. I just want to go deep into uh, this game and into the Warriors since the All-Star break. And in the third segment, we're going to talk about NBA streaks. We're going to talk about the Rockets. We're going to talk about the playoffs. And we're just going to have a little conversation. It's going to be fun. For new listeners... You can find my written work on Forbes.com. I've also been featured on BleacherReport.com. You can get in contact with me at Kojitare on Twitter, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. Or if you're more of an email kind of person, you can hit me up at AlikoCarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O Carter11 at gmail. Catch this podcast Monday through Friday via iTunes, iOS, Android, Spotify, and on LockedOnWarriors.com, definitely bookmark that page. You can also follow Locked On Warriors on Facebook and make sure that you follow Locked On NBA Net on Facebook as well. Daily podcast, bite-sized morsels of NBA goodness every single day. The biggest stories from the local experts. Just as a reminder of what you can expect Monday through Friday on this podcast, we've got game previews and recaps. We've got On Wednesday, Statistical Deep Dive. Thursday, Throwback Thursday, we go back in time to a different point in Warriors history and talk about it. It's fun. On Fridays, we go down the Reddit hole. We go into NBA and the Warriors Reddit, and we see what the masses are talking about. Mondays, we do a schedule fast forward and a Young Guns watch, talk about Kavan and Jordan and Quinn and Pat. And Tuesdays is our Warrior of the Week. This week, it was Andre Iguodala. Had a really good game again, shooting above 50% in every game since the All-Star break and skying like he's 24, not 34. These third segments can be a toss-up. Sometimes I want to go around the NBA. Sometimes I want to talk about Steve Kerr dealing with Donald Trump and what he thinks we should do. Kerr pop 2020. And sometimes I've got a scoop within the organization for Forbes.com or what have you that I'd like to share And I love sharing that with my listeners as well. We've got some really interesting guests coming up in the next few weeks. I'll keep you posted on who they are. But let's just say we're going to get into the NCAA amateurism issue as March Madness is nigh upon us. 
of course, Kevin Durant most recently came out in support of paying NCAA players. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about lots of stuff. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the world of basketball right now, and I like to get into all of it, especially intersectional elements, where basketball meets the community, where basketball meets business, where the Warriors meet the Bay Area, where they meet politics, where they meet celebrity, technology, philanthropy, all of that good stuff. So that's what you can expect from this show. But let's start talking about the Brooklyn Nets versus the Golden State Warriors. 25 to nothing run in the first quarter, and you thought maybe the game was going to be over. Maybe this was going to be one of those where, like, and it doesn't happen often, where the Warriors just run. You know, usually it's that third quarter. Usually it's the Warriors kind of toy with it like a cat toys with a, with a little, little mouse thing and, and, and then rips it apart in the third segment. In, excuse me, in the third quarter. Uh, you know, but this wasn't that kind of game. It was a game of runs. The Nets coming back with a 25-4 run of their own in the second quarter and made it a game. You know, and it was a game the whole game. Even, you know, as the Warriors were up 12-14 in the fourth quarter, you, you really felt like Brooklyn came to play. Kenny Atkinson, great, great job coaching that team. They only have 20 wins. They've lost a lot of games 16 of their last 18, as a matter of fact. But that's that's not because they don't play well. They didn't make a lot of shots. The Warriors ran them off the line. But they were confident in doing what they did. They forced great turnovers. A lot of the turnovers that the Warriors had were bad, bad turnovers. But a lot of them were forced by very active hands and a not back a, a won't-back-down mentality. 17 turnovers for the Warriors. They gave up 28 points off those turnovers. 16 for Brooklyn. They gave up 20. And the turnover points were a big one. That that allowed Brooklyn to get back into the game after that blistering 25-0 run. It allowed... And, you know, really, it was when Steph Curry was on the floor, the Warriors were just much better than the Brooklyn Nets. 34 points for Steph. Uh, and when he was off the floor things kind of shifted, things kind of changed. Not Kevin Durant's best game, not Klay Thompson's best game. Draymond Green had many turnovers. Let's see exactly how many turnovers he had. Draymond, six turnovers. Three for Kevin Durant and three for Stephen Curry. Those were our high turnover guys on the night, two for Klay Thompson. And with Draymond, there were just a couple of passes that just slipped through his hands. A couple of errant passes that soared, just went, you know, not to their intended target. Um, He was just a little bit off, but he was 7 of 10 from the field, including making half of his two three-pointers, five rebounds, nine assists. And so he had, and he blocked a shot. Oh, speaking of which, Sean Livingston blocked a jump shot. I hope he took a shot. That's the drinking game. Take a a shot when the Warriors block a jump shot. S-Dot blocked D'Angelo Russell's jump shot in the fourth quarter. The game's not going to get you drunk, but it'll get you tipsy. Warriors as a team had seven blocks, eight steals. They're playing good defense. They really are. Holding the Nets to 42% shooting and 9 of 34 from three, that's 26%. They did send them to the line 25 times. Too many times. A lot of complaining on those foul calls from Andre and on uh, calls not getting called from Kevin Durant. You know, it's just... You got to take the ebbs and flows of the refereeing. You know, I know there's still a problem. I know people are not particularly happy with how the refs are handling their jobs this year. 
but you can't let it get you out of the game. You got to keep playing. Damari Carroll guarded Draymond really close, uh, forced a few of those turnovers, and it was a different mode than we've seen. People just hang off of Draymond because he's not a threat to shoot. He's not a threat from three to them. They think if he beats them, it's better than Steph beating them, Clay beating them, KD beating them. But Kenny Atkinson said, no, Draymond is, as Fitz says, the fulcrum of the offense. And so we're going to guard him close. We're going to force him into turnovers. We're going to make him work. Draymond still had nine assists. Six turnovers, though. Too many. Kerr liked Looney's minutes. He replaced West in the fourth quarter. Jordan Bell went down with a right ankle injury. That's different than the left ankle he injured back in February. Joe Harris had a great block on Draymond Green right at the apex trying to dunk. And Draymond took it in stride. Blistering offense from the Warriors on the possessions they did get shots up. They were able to get shots up. 56.6% from the field, 47.8% from 381.8% from the line. They only made nine free throws. They only shot 11. Maybe Kevin Durant has a point. 11 free throws to 25. I can't believe that the Warriors are that much more slap happy than a team like the Nets, you know? If the Warriors commit turnovers in the fashion that they committed turnovers on Tuesday night against the Spurs on Thursday, they're going to lose. It's that simple. The Warriors did everything else well. Everything else well. They rebounded the ball. They played great defense. The offense was incendiary. It's just the turnovers. So we'll see what they come with on Thursday. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. At CDW, we get modern servers need to be flexible, flexible, scalable, and predictable. I predicted you'd say that. Okay, what will I say next? Probably something about server security. Impressive and freaky. CDW can implement secure Hewlett-Packard Enterprise Gen 10 servers that improve speed and performance while reducing costs. While reducing costs. See, predictable. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. I predict a web address. CDW.com slash HPE. I'm in your mind, man. It's time for this week's statistical deep dive, and we're going to just fool around with the stats from Tuesday night's game because runs are really interesting. I'm just very, very interested in those segments of play, uh, particularly from the Warriors, but the Nets also went on runs of their own, including a big 25-4 to run. Just those moments where the Warriors go supernova like they did in the first quarter. Stephen Curry led the way in the first quarter with 13 points on 4 of 6, shooting 2 of 4 from 3, including some long ones. Nobody who played in the first made fewer than half of their shots. The Warriors had an offensive rating of 135.9 and a defensive rating of 72.5 in that first quarter for a net rating of 63.4, according to NBA.com. That is, over the course of an entire game, what you call a historic blowout of course you know they went on a 25 to nothing run 
That doesn't happen very often in the NBA. It doesn't even happen for the Warriors very often. Flip it upside down in the second quarter, the Nets had an offensive rating of 134.3 and a defensive rating of 52.0. That's a net rating of 82.3. It's better than the Warriors did in the first quarter by far. The Warriors had a 21-point lead, and at halftime, that lead was gone. And if you're wondering, what are these ratings Aliko's talking about? Well, offensive rating is points scored per 100 possessions. Defensive rating is points allowed per 100 possessions. And so net rating is how many points you outscore your opponent over the course of 100 possessions. And most games are about 100 offensive possessions. The Warriors put up 83 shots and turned the ball over 17 times. That's 100 possessions right there. And the Warriors play at a fast pace. A lot of teams... You know, they don't make it to 100 possessions. The, the, the Spurs, for example, are not going to make it to 100 possessions very often. What do these ratings correlate with? That's the question. What makes them significant? It tells us that uh, in the first quarter, the Warriors were shooting the lights out and that they forced turnovers. And then in the second quarter, the Nets were shooting the lights out and that they forced turnovers. The extremes in net rating, the 60-plus net rating for the Warriors in the first and 80-plus net rating for the Nets in the second, tell us that they went on like just dominant dominant runs and what happened in the second quarter is the Warriors shot six of 18 from the field and turned the ball over eight times losing opportunities to put up shots losing opportunities to narrow that net rating for comparison's sake the Nets have a season-long offensive rating of 103.3 and a defensive rating of 108.2 that's a net rating of minus 4.8 which makes sense they only have 20 wins The 50-win Warriors have an offensive rating for the season of 114.0 and a defensive rating of 103.3. That's a net rating of 10.7. Leads the league by a healthy margin. The the Rockets are second with 9.0. Stephen Curry leads the league in individual offensive rating, according to NBA.com, at 120.7. Just another feather in his cap. He'll probably and most likely never win an MVP award again. But... If I'm starting a team, I'm thinking about it from an offense standpoint, I'm starting with Stephen Curry. Kevin Durant is third. Klay Thompson is eighth. Draymond Green is tenth. The Rockets, a lot of players on the Rockets on this team, uh, on this list. Chris Paul at two, James Harden at four, Eric Gordon five, Clint Capella six, P.J. Tucker seven. Far and away the two best teams in the league, poised to meet in the Western Conference Finals. Very exciting. So what we can extrapolate from the year-long numbers as opposed to the numbers that we took from the first and second quarter is is that the Warriors do almost everything better than most other teams, but they're prone to feast or famine. And when I say almost everything, I mean they turn the ball over a ton. Third in the league in turnover percentage behind the Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers, much worse teams. I want to take us back now to February 24th, at home to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that third quarter, if you recall, was one of those big quarters for the Warriors. Offensive rating of 119.0, defensive rating of 83.3 for a net rating of 35.7. That quarter, the defense locked in. They held the Thunder at 38.1% shooting and and 2 of 7 from 3. But the next quarter, the fourth quarter, is really when the Warriors put OKC away. A defensive rating of 64.3 points per 100 possessions. Offensive rating, 125.4. That's a net rating of 61. They outscored the Thunder 28-14, to doubled them up. And it wasn't because they forced turnovers. They just played great defense, rotated extremely well, and earned that 61. The reason I'm talking about this is because net rating is one of the 
biggest indicators of ability to win a championship. And the Warriors showing that they can routinely put up these kinds of net ratings in a quarter, just r- routinely, it just shows that them and also the Houston Rockets who go on these types of runs as well are just head and shoulders above the the best in the league. And I'd like to, you know, and I just don't have time to research this fully, just look at how many quarters the Warriors have had a plus 30 or more net rating, and I'm sure they lead the league. I'm sure they lead the league. Uh, and it's really those supernova spurts that put them head and shoulders above the rest. And like I said, I put Houston in that category as well. Now I want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. Podcasts are where smart advertisers are going to get their products to the people. If you're looking for a connected male audience, look no further than Locked On Warriors were listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44 They're tuning into the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Warriors. So get at me. I'll give you all the information. Just send me an email, alicocarter11 at gmail.com. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Now we're transitioning to the rest of the NBA, and I want to start with the streaking Houston Rockets. 16th straight win in Oklahoma City last night. The Rockets ended up getting a comfortable win in OKC behind some strong defense and a lot of threes. They create really open three-pointers. They're the best team in the league at creating corner three-pointers, and they're not afraid to take the long ones. I think they've been coached to stand at 27 feet instead of 23-9 so that they can get a better look at the basket. Ryan Anderson, you see, um, though he didn't play last night, you see him take those long ones. Eric Gordon also takes those long ones. Uh, same with Trevor Ariza occasionally, though his bread and butter is in the corner, as is P.J. Tucker's. They made a lot of three-pointers. Chris Paul and James Harden are obviously going to do their thing being efficient from three James Harden not quite as efficient but takes a lot of them and we know the Rockets their billing is they shoot a lot of threes and when they're falling you better watch out 51 percent from three against the Thunder 52 53 percent from the field against the Thunder and they shot 34 free throws James Harden had 10 of their 21 turnovers a night and they still won comfortably Thanks to OKC also turning the ball over 20 times, and the Houston Rockets were able to capitalize on that much better. 33 turnover points. Their defense is better than advertised, and I'm going to look at it for the last 16 games during this win streak. This win streak goes back to January 28th, and they're plus 12.4 in box plus minus, so they're outscoring teams by 12 points per game. That mark would lead the NBA if extended over the course of the year. 
their net rating of 14 would also lead the league if extended over the course of the year. They're assisting on only 53% of their baskets. The Warriors hover somewhere between 70 and 80%. So they say this team was built to beat the Warriors. Uh, maybe so, but it still comes down to ISOs at the end of the game a lot of the time. James Harden is just a wizard. Chris Paul is also a magician. And they do those things. Obviously, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, they can all break it down one-on-one. But the Warriors don't tend to rely on that as much as the Rockets do. And I think that that's going to help them when they meet, if they meet in the playoffs. It's just easier to game plan for ISOs. The defensive rating over the course of this 16-game win streak of 103.2 for the Rockets is all right. Elite defensive teams tend to hover around 100. But that net rating, like I said earlier in the statistical deep dive segment is a great indicator of strength in terms of making the finals, winning a championship. Teams that put whoopings on their opponents in the regular season most often tend to go deep into the playoffs. The Rockets are a really good team, and when people ask me on a scale of 1 to 10 if, uh, you know, I think they're a threat, I, you know, generally I'm, I'm around 6 because the Warriors have more talent, and talent wins out in the NBA. But James Harden is the MVP of the season, in my opinion, and in the opinion of most people who talk about basketball for a living. And he, I I think those arguments about him not showing up in the past, you know, it's it's a little bit asinine. You can't predict what he's going to do this year. You just can't. Um, And he gets better and better every year. He really does. So, and now he's got support. He's got Chris Paul, um, who has... Of course, not made it to the conference finals, but they're two world-class basketball players, two of the best 20 players in the entire league, in the entire world. And we remember D'Antoni has been to the conference finals. He took the Suns to the conference finals. He's got so much experience doing this, actually one of the older coaches in the league. And they're all, I mean, they just seem to like each other. Um, They have all the pieces. I just don't think that they're there with the Warriors. And it's really a glitch in the system that the Warriors are allowed to be this good. It's really just that cap spike and the right things, the right pieces coming together for Kevin Durant to join the team. So there's still a gap there for me, you know? It's hard to sort out this Western Conference, but we can say that the the Warriors and the Rockets are pretty much locks at this point to meet in the conference finals. And I think it's, uh, it's a six or seven game series advantage Warriors. Just time for a quick trip around the NBA, and we're talking streaks. Toronto on a five-game win streak is three games up in the loss column on Boston for the first spot in the Eastern Conference. Indiana's won three in a row. They're 37-27. and 27. We meet them twice in the final 20 games. In the Western Conference, we of course know about the Rockets and Golden State. Portland is actually on an eight-game winning streak. They just beat... The New York Knickerbockers last night and have vaulted all the way to third place at an even 639 and 26 in the Western Conference. 37 and 26, the New Orleans Hornets streaking nine in a row. And the Utah Jazz down at the bottom of the playoff race in 10th place at 34 and 30 have won three in a row. So they lost that game. They're eight and two in their last 10. They went on that nice long wing streak before, but... They're four games above 500, and it's looking like that's not going to be good enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference this year. Clippers also on the outside looking in. Denver just lost last night, as did Oklahoma City. Minnesota holding on without Jimmy Butler in the sixth spot, 10 games above 500, and San Antonio 10 games above 500 at number five. 
Let's not sleep on Toronto this year. Nobody would have predicted at the beginning of the season that they would be this good, leading the Eastern Conference and well on their way to 50 wins. And this good at home, 27-5 and five at home, you know, where they have fumbled in the playoffs in seasons past. So I definitely think that they might have turned a corner this year and could be more formidable than people are giving them credit for. They don't get on television that often. They really don't have a lot of exposure But the Drakes are going to be formidable. Tonight, your league pass game to watch. 5 p.m. Pacific. Rockets versus Bucks. Rockets on the Sega Baba, second night of the back-to-back. And the Bucks are still alive in the East. They got Jabari Parker back. They're exciting to watch. Obviously, everybody loves watching Giannis. I know I do. Concurrently with that game on ESPN, it's the aforementioned Drakes. In Detroit to face Blake and the Pistons, and then the nightcap on ESPN, Cavs at Nuggets. Should be a good one, and we're getting to the point in the season where every single game has so many playoff implications. It's really exciting. Watch as much basketball as you can. That's about as much time as I have for today. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be going back in time in the second segment. We'll be previewing the game against the Spurs in that first intro segment. And in the third segment... We're going to specifically take a look at some teams that I haven't been focusing on this year, starting with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. Make sure you tune in and stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.